Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Listen in as we journey to some of Italy's most beautiful places in the company of those who know them best, the families who grow grapes and make fabulous wines. Through their stories, we will learn not just about their wines, but also about their ways of life, the local and regional foods and specialities that pair naturally with their wines, and the most beautiful places to visit. We have a wonderful journey of discovery ahead of us, and I hope you will join me. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Today we're traveling to a beautiful region, Le Marche, to meet my guest, Giudita Politi of the Cantine Politi in Nidastore. It's wonderful to be in contact with you again, Judita. How are you today? Well, I'm fine. You know, there is a wonderful sunshine outside and uh, that's uh, so nice and nice uh, hearing from you again. Thank you, Mark. Oh, it's really nice to hear from you again. And I'm imagining that beautiful sunshine on the rolling hills of the Castelli di Esi. Can you, um, perhaps, to give our listeners a, a picture of your beautiful area. Explain a little bit about where you are, where the Castelli di Esi is located. Well, actually, we are in the middle of Le Marche, and uh, Le Marche is a region with, uh, which is on the Adriatic Sea, and in the middle of Italy, uh, almost at the same height of uh, Tuscany. And uh, actually, uh, probably you are so used to uh, uh, hearing about Tuscany, but Le Marche, it's, uh, you know, according to me at least, much better. Just because, uh, uh, for example, our beautiful hills are uh, between the Apennines, which are Dolomai, uh, which are uh, mountains. And right now there is, they are all covered with the snow, but uh, at 30 kilometers from our estate, there is a seaside. So during summer, especially summer, you can have uh, such a, a wonderful time uh, making uh, bath and things like that on the beach. Between the Apennines and uh, uh, the, the seaside, there are our beautiful hills. And, you know, right now, if you uh, look at them, you can see almost a patchwork blanket. And that's uh, the wonderful thing of our hills, just because every morning when I go out of my house and I look around, the colors are so changing daily, really daily, day by day, uh, just because uh, our hills are characterized uh, with uh, small units which are, which are cultivated and the cultivations are so different and mm, different in colors that uh, for example in autumn the colors are very different uh, in winter in spring in summer and within each season the 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 color are changing again and uh, it's so beautiful and so relaxing coming here and look around uh, and of course uh, just uh, try our wonderful products just like wines and food oh you've given us a beautiful picture of Le Marche, because it is, as you say, a region that is less well-known, perhaps, in other central Italian regions like, like Tuscany. With this mix of the Adriatic Sea that you can actually almost uh, 
see from the estate and the high mountains with the snow is a very, very beautiful mix. Also, I think what you're saying about the colors is interesting, Judita, because the agriculture is not just specialized, is it? It's very mixed with olives and vines and other crops as well, which makes a more interesting landscape. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's what I w wanted to say. Uh, and, uh, you know, that... Um, the, the real thing is that uh, uh, we have uh, uh, such a small units uh, and the owners of the units are different one from the other. So the crops are different and different are the colors. That's why. That's really interesting. And um, the Castelli di Esi, these are hilltop towns. Is that right? A number of them within the area of Yezi itself. Yeah, there are so uh, so many castles around and uh, around Yesi and of course uh, around Le Marche, especially in the inner part of Le Marche. And uh, for example, in my area, which is uh, uh, which is a little bit farther from Yesi, uh, there are such beautiful castles like. For example, Loretello, which is a, a medieval, uh, very small castle, but very nice one. And uh, around this castle, Loretello, uh, there are my vineyards. Yes, the wonderful Loretello wine, which uh, I'm looking forward to talking about, but more importantly, to tasting again when I'm able to. It's a wine I love. Now, Judita, you're the winemaker at Cantine Politi, but that wasn't your background originally. Tell us a little bit about how you came into wine. Well, actually, uh, you know, I was a, a researcher in evolutionary genetics, actually. And uh, I was a researcher for about uh, um, 15 years at university in Rome. But, uh, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, this family estate uh, for, let's say, 200 years or something like that. I just think that, uh, for example, uh, our vineyards, um, the, the first ones, are, um, are were planted in 19... Uh, 55. So uh, uh, they were the, the first vineyards of the whole uh, region here around. And, um, you know, I was, uh, of course, I was a very wine lover <laughs> uh, since, let's say, 18 years, not before than that, of course. <laughs> but, uh, and, um, you know, I, I was so close and so tight uh, to my roots. Uh, my, uh, you know, the, this countryside was in my blood, I guess, uh, from ever, uh, since ever. After a while, when my father other happen, happened to die well someone had to decide uh, to uh, run the old thing again uh, or else we we had to sell everything but uh, uh, you know it was it, according to me it would have been uh, such a pity to sell everything and uh, my roots came out very strongly and I came back. And uh, of course, I had to study a little bit about uh, uh, wine and how to make it and uh, these kind of things. So I had a master and uh, after my PhD, of course. And uh, then I came back and uh, starting to take care of my vineyards. And uh, that's a, a very, how would I say, a very touching thing. Every morning when I when I wake up, I'm very happy. I'm very happy to be here and to try to make uh, uh, things uh, going on well. And that's it. Well, that's a, it's a beautiful story because um, 
you were a scientist in Rome, but the roots of your family history and your the land you were attached to pulled you back. Do you, I'm imagining that that scientific background, that uh, inquiring way of sol- problem solving has helped you on the farm where you are cultivating the traditional grapes of Le Marche, Verdicchio, Sangiovese, Montepulciano, also making a wonderful olive oil that I recall well as well. Can you talk to us a little bit about your activities and particularly about this very special wine, Loretello? Uh, Loretello is a verdicchio and uh, the verdicchio grape is, uh, I would say, the most, most typical of Le Marche and uh, of our area, Castelli di Iesi and Arcevia, where uh, I am. Verdicchio is a very interesting, interesting grape and, uh, for example, uh, this year, uh, Verdicchio won uh, the best one, wine, the world best wine prize, uh, which uh, can you make uh, uh, understand uh, the potentiality of this grape. Uh, our grape, of course, uh, uh, first of all, our grape are uh, grown with uh, uh, so much love, uh, not only my, mine, but also the love of, of all our collaborators. We are such a uh, a tight uh, a crew, you know, and um, we we work very well together. And uh, every year, we, uh, of course, all the things we make are made by hand, let's say pruning and harvesting, just because according to me, it's very important to look directly at what you do and what you see so that you can uh, choose every year at a harvesting time the best grapes uh, to to get uh, into the cantina and to make wine. Our wine is, uh, uh, the fermentation uh, is uh, run at low temperature and after the fermentation, we uh, leave our wine, I decided to leave our, um, the Loretello wine on yeast until the end of April. That makes um, enrich the wine of uh, natural antioxidants, which are called manoproteins, and that makes me add just a few amount of chemical antioxidant when I bottle the, the wine. And that's very important, according to me, just because uh, I, the first thing I want to make, of course, is making a good wine, but also, also a healthy wine. Those two things are the most important things in making a wine, according. And I guess that um, every year, until right now, uh, with uh, hard work and, of course, also a little bit, uh, uh, let's say, of fortuna. Fortuna in English is... Um, luck. Luck, that's it. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Just because, uh, you know, luck helps people who work hard. Sure, that's true. And every year we're able to make uh, our Loretello, and I'm very, very happy about the quality of this wine. Well, it's a beautiful wine, and I know what you're saying about the Verdicchio being such a characterful grape. I think it's one of the great white grapes of Italy and indeed the world. But what's interesting is that Verdicchio is very versatile. Sometimes it can be a simple wine to enjoy on the beach, but your Loretello is a much bigger wine, a more structured wine, a wine that I remember well. is I used to say it was a wine for red wine lovers who don't necessarily like white wines, but they would always love 
um, Loretello because it has so much tr- structure and it's a wine that goes so well with the foods of Le Marche. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, usually um, we we think about uh, white wines uh, um, just uh, to be matched with, uh, uh, let's say, fish or something like that. Very light dishes, I would say. Not Verdicchio and not my Verdicchio, not Loretello, just because, as you said, uh, it's very structured and uh, um, is characterized by a very high minerality, which makes it perfect, for example, with uh, some typical dishes of Le Marche, just like uh, rabbit, coniglio in porchetta. Okay. Probably uh, you you know what I'm talking about and you uh, will be much better than me in describing this kind of dish. Well, would that normally be disosato? Would it be a boned rabbit? Yeah. So the rabbit would be boned and then it would be stuffed with the wild fennel and garlic and other herbs like that? Judita, and then cooked cooked in the oven. Yeah, perfectly, perfectly described. And it's so delicious. Oh, yes, I remember that. Especially if you eat this kind of dish and uh, on your side you have a glass of Loretello. That's a wonderful dish, really. Actually, one of the most interesting things I think about the food in Le Marche is as you were describing the landscape, we have this beautiful mix of, of the hills leading up to the mountains and the sea. So the food reflects that as well, doesn't it? This mix of sea and sea and land, mare terra. Yes, yes, perfectly. Yes. Um, You know, just because within, uh, let's say, 40 kilometers, uh, which in in miles, it would be almost 30 miles, if I, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so a a very uh, small uh, territory, uh, you can, uh, you have uh, such uh, a, a big numbers of different dishes, which are so typical. So you have a wonderful fish dishes, like, for example, brodetto. Of course. The brodetto being a, a really rich, full-flavored um, s- sort of soupy stew. Yeah, yeah. With the with the with the fish caught in landed in Ancona and in the other ports of Le Marche. And, and for example, just uh, to make you understand uh, the difference uh, within uh, such a small territory. For example, brodetto. If you go to Fano. Uh, which is a, a town in the northern part of, of Le Marche, you have uh, uh, one brodetto, which is uh, a little bit different from the one in Senigallia, and uh, again, is a little bit different in the one in Ancona and whatever. So each town has its own recipe, and that's very interesting, just because going around, uh, you can have so um, such difference in, in tasting the same dish. That's that's very interesting, really, really. That is really interesting. And also, I imagine, not just in each town, but in each family. Yeah, yeah, you are right. Perfectly right. <laughs> and, you know, uh, the, the mother of the family uh, has his own recipe, and she's so jealous about it. You know? Yes, yes. And do you think with the next generation, are those food traditions going to be maintained? Well, uh, for sure in the countryside, just because family is, um, you know, a, a very big matter uh, still, you know. For example, at Christmas time, uh, family, the family reunion, uh, in, during the family reunion is very important uh, to cook the traditional dish of the family. 
And, uh, you know, that's a conditio sine qua non. I mean, something that it's uh, so necessary to maintain those kind of dishes and traditions within generation. Yeah, absolutely. And what would be your um, traditional dish of the family at Christmas? Uh, cappelletti, of course. Cappelletti, the small stuffed pasta. Now, is that different in Le Marche than the cappelletti, per esempio, in, in um, Emilia Romagna? Yes, yes, they are, uh, well, the, the um, ripieno. The filling. Yeah, the filling is a little bit different. Uh, usually in Emilia-Romagna, they use uh, the ham, ham. Mm-hmm. Instead, uh, we use just uh, meat, normal meat. And usually this meat is mixed. So you have uh, some uh, some chicken, some cow, some, you know, it's mixed. Uh, uh, oh, interesting. And would you have that in Brodo? Of course, of course. Uh, brodo di capone. Okay, so a capon broth, a rich, richly flavored broth. And then, of course, after that, uh, well, the, the, uh, on the 24th for dinner, we have uh, stocca fisso. Okay, the, the dried uh, cod, the uh, air-dried, or is the stocca fisso air-dried or salted? Uh, no, air-dried. Air-dried, yes, that's different from the bacala. Yeah, okay. And that's in in cooked uh, in umido or uh, in umido in umido with uh, some uh, uh, small tomatoes, uh, pomodorini and uh, potatoes. Okay, so very traditional. And with this, you would also be enjoying your casa uh, casa di terre, the the red wine made with Sangiovese Montepulciano. And a little bit of Syrah? Well, actually, uh, it, it would uh, sound strange in Le Marche Syrah, but I will, under, I will explain you why. When I came here, uh, when I came back here, uh, our red wine was a little bit too aggressive just because uh, uh, Montepulciano and Sangiovese, which are the typical grapes of Le Marche, red grapes of Le Marche, uh, in the inner part of Le Marche, we are, uh, you know, almost at uh, 400 uh, um, meters of altitude, you know, towards the Apennines. So Montepulciano uh, tends to remain a little bit too aggressive. So I decided to implant a new vineyard, a small vineyard of Syrah, just uh, to make our red wine, you know, more smooth. Right, just to round it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's why. And that's why it, it's not a DOC, but it's a, an IGT. An IGT, Indicazione Geografica Tipica. Yeah, that's it. So uh, still a, a very high quality wine. And uh, about this red wine, uh, usually we um, age this wine before the bottling six months into a big oak, which is not a barrique. Mm? Just because uh, um, I think that barrique is a little bit too aggressive on the tasting of wine. And instead, uh, um, it's very important uh, to uh, maintain into the wine the, own, the characteristic of the, the grapes that you use. Yes, yes, to really express the territory. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And uh, the name Casa di Terra, which, may, uh, which means uh, a house made out of clay, it's, uh, um, you know, um, a try to bind this wine to the territory just because, let's say, a hundred years ago, here around, uh, most of the houses were made out of clay. And that's why the name of, the, of our wine. And you've really given us a, a beautiful picture of... of uh, 
the Marquen of the Castelli Diesi where you're located. And I know as well that you are very welcoming to visitors through the Agriturismo Montefiore that you have. So if any of our listeners are coming to the area and would like to visit, they can find the Agriturismo uh, Montefiore. Tell us a little bit about this, Giuditta. Well, uh, our agriturismo, um, um, it's uh, something like a, a bed and breakfast. Uh, since, uh, you know, I, I really don't have uh, time to cook for our guests, but, uh, uh, you know, I really take care of our guests. Um, it's very important for me to, to go with the guests around the territory and explain to them what they are looking at. Just because each territory has um, his own history, his own traditions, and uh, the best way to, to, to see and to get in, to know a territory is uh, uh, looking at, the, uh, at it and uh, leaving the territory with someone who knows it very well. And that's why, uh, you know, I go with them into the vineyards and it's very fun for some of them uh, to go during the harvesting time and to try to harvest uh, their own grapes and make their own bottle of wine or something like that, or else uh, to come during the harvesting of olives and uh, to go home with their, um, uh, their own uh, bottle of uh, uh, fresh olive oil and uh, to to really get to know uh, what is the work here around and uh, what's behind a bottle of wine or a bottle of olive oil, which is very important just because, you know, I guess that uh, you feel after this kind of experience, you would feel completely different in respect to the product that you use. Yes, that's a wonderful opportunity and a wonderful way for, for people to really experience an area, your area, in your company. I hope that um, some of our listeners will be knocking on your door and coming to Montefiore to, to stay with you. But Mark, anyhow, uh, even if they don't stay uh, in my agriturismo, don't worry, just come along and I will be so happy to make you taste our product and to make you taste it in such a wonderful landscape, especially during summer, on the garden, in, outside in the garden, uh, during, for example, uh, dawn time. Uh, I guess that would be a very, very nice experience for all of you. A wonderful experience. And I can't wait to return myself, Judith. It's been really wonderful meeting you again and having a chance to talk and uh, find out about your story and the story of your wonderful wines. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I really uh, want to see you again here around. And so please, please come as soon as possible. I will. Thank you, Judita. Bye-bye for now. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Please remember to like, share and subscribe right here or wherever you get your pods. Likewise, you can visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Until next time, chin chin. Hi 
guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.